to be here with you today. We are happy because we are here to celebrate all of the great things that God has done. And I want you to know this today as it is Celebration Sunday. My belief is this, is that as followers of Jesus, we can, we should be celebrating God every day. Not just on special days, but each and every single day. Well, I want to start off by even just sharing a little bit with you for people that maybe have not grown up around the church, or maybe you uh, haven't, you, you, well, when I grew up around the church, there's some things that we do sometimes that maybe when you first arrive seem a little bit crazy. They seem like they're maybe a bit strange. And I remember my very first worship experiences in church. I kind of was like, I went from a family that did nothing in church. We had nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden we showed up and my mom became a follower of Jesus and she drugged my sister and I to church, which we weren't very excited about at the, at the beginning. And we went to this church that was unlike my grandparents' church. It was really quiet and somber. This church was active. Like people were dancing. They were moving around. And, you know, there were some songs that we sang that when I first started going there that were a little bit maybe confusing because I didn't understand what they were really about. In fact, one of the most popular songs that was being sung when I first started going to church was, it was about a horse and a rider that was being drowned in the, in the ocean. And I was like, man, that's really morbid. Uh, what, what would animal rights activists think if that was what we were singing today, that they're killing animals and people? It really wasn't that great. But then I began to think, you know, I began to think, well, what about nursery rhymes? Have you ever listened to, really thought about the lyrics like to Rockabye Baby? You know, Rockabye Baby in the tree top, when the bow breaks, the cradle will, well, that's, well, that's kind of twisted and disturbing. And, oh, we cheer and we sell it. We think those are funny. Well, like nursery rhymes, this song um, was, was an incredible thing, but it also had actions. And so today I want to just give you a little bit of a, a taste of the song. I'm going to, with the help of our, our worship team here, I'm going to sing this. Maybe some of you know this. You're going to remember it. You can join in for me. But it sounds something a little bit like this. I will sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderfully. Is that all about? Well, actually, that song was about an event that happened in the Bible. It was actually in Exodus chapter 15. We have the words that really actually made up the song. And I want to read these to you, and then I'm going to give you the context of what this was about. It was, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. 
Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. Now, it sounds weird to sing that or think about that until you understand what this was all about. It was a song of celebration. You see, you might celebrate a little bit too if for 430 years, your nation, your people, and you actually yourself had been in slavery. You'd been enslaved by the Egyptians who were your horrible taskmasters, and then you had been set free. They finally, through the Passover, the things that went along with all of the plagues that came out of Egypt, the Israelites had been set free, but after they had left and they were heading towards the Red Sea, which was in between them and the Promised Land, all of a sudden, Pharaoh and his army decide, look, we just lost all of our free labor. Let's go get those people. And you can imagine for a moment the fear that probably took over them as the the chariots, the mightiest nation on the earth, their armies were coming down on these former slaves that were poorly equipped for battle. And so what ends up happening Well, what ends up happening is they get to the Red Sea. God puts a a barrier between the army and them, and he opens up the waters and allows the Israelites to pass through on dry ground. And once they're all the way through, he removes the barrier, and the Pharaoh and his army chase them into the waters. Well, about in the middle of it, all of a sudden, their chariots, their horses get bogged down. They start sticking, and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. we got to get out of here. But it's too late. The, the waters go over them. They're drowned. And Israel's biggest enemy at that time is defeated. Who here thinks you might celebrate if that had happened to you? You might be a little bit excited. So Moses and his sister Miriam begin to sing this song. Well, I want to say this today. Just as Moses and the Israelites celebrated their victory over the Egyptians, today is a day of celebration for Eastside City Church. We're here to celebrate today. First of all, what are we celebrating? Well, what God has done in our lives this year, that God has done good things in our life, that we have much to celebrate if we really think about it. We're free people. We live in a land that is so awesome and wonderful that we can make our own choices and decisions. We've talked about that in this series called Free, that, man, we are so free. And this year, I believe that God has blessed us in some ways, whether it's great or small, that God has blessed you. In a little bit, we're gonna celebrate even the blessings that God has done in providing for seeing us be able to have a greater impact on our community. We also celebrate in faith for what God is going to do in the year and years to come. You see, as a follower of Jesus, we have this expectation that not only did God provide for us in the past, but God is going to continue to provide for us in the future, that God is going to take care of us, that he's going to do things on our behalf. Can I hear an amen to that? Because he's an awesome and mighty God. And lastly, I mean, we could talk about hundreds of things if we really wanted to, that we also celebrate the fact, the good things that Jesus has done in our life, that we don't have to live under the condemnation of sin, guilt, and shame because Jesus, not only did he die on a cross, we celebrated this a couple weeks ago, but he was raised again to new life so that we could be free. We celebrate. Now, celebrations are good reminders for us. That's why we celebrate. Or there are things that we should celebrate 
like birthdays and anniversaries and other special events. There are times in our life where we can say, you know what, I want to celebrate you as a person or God, I want to give more of my honor and my praise to you. Now, who here knows that if you somehow in your marriage or a relationship with your uh, a significant other, you end up forgetting a birthday or an anniversary, it's not a good thing? Uh, is there anybody here that would be uh, you know, brave enough to admit, no, you, don't, you don't have to, that you've maybe done that in your life, that you, that's happened, you've forgotten something that you, you shouldn't have. I, I remember right before my wife and I got married, I actually forgot when her birthday was. I forgot the date. I, I was actually down to two dates, but I wasn't 100% sure. And so, you know, I thought I was going to be really sly about this. I said, you know what, honey? Uh, I, well, I didn't really call her honey much then, but I was like, hey, I was just wondering, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't been able to ever look at the picture on your driver's license. Can I see what your driver's license picture is like? She's like, well, that's kind of weird. Why would you do something like, why, why do you want to look at my driver? That's not a good picture. I, I just never seen it. But, you know, I, I got it, and I was like, great, I got the date. It's, there it is. It's right there. Who here thinks I'm pretty smart there? That's pretty... But she was smarter, you see. She caught me, and she figured it out, and it was not a good thing. <laughs> Don't forget your wife's birthday or your anniversary. Just a little experience here. Well, birthdays are, and anniversaries, these are events or things that we get to celebrate. And I remember going to a friend's birthday party many years ago, just celebrating some things. We decided, this was when karaoke was popular, we decided to go have a karaoke night. And, and so we were all hanging out. We were a bunch of guys that, that, that you know, we, we, we love God. But we decided it'd be fun to be silly. And, and so we went to this place. And we thought we were just strangers in this crowd. So this was back when, you know, you could get like 40, 50, even 100 people would come to these karaoke places. And, and, and they would all sit around. And, and the great thing about karaoke, you all know this, it, it's actually better if people can't sing. Uh, except my friend, my friend, uh, one of my friends decided to sing uh, the song uh, Stairway to Heaven, which is like 12 minutes long. And he can't sing. And it was torture. And I didn't think it was a very good gift to our friend. Uh, we, as, as a group, we sang uh, songs like uh, the Bee Gees, Staying Alive. We did that together. That was kind of fun. We all kind of acted it out. And then, of course, you have to when you're, you're doing the karaoke, you have to add a little country there somewhere. And so we did a, I've Got Friends in Low Places by, I think it's Garth Brooks. We did one of his songs. And we just were having a great time. We were having fun. And, and, and then all of a sudden, there was a lady that approaches me who was from my church. Who was there, who was watching, witnessing everything that we were doing. Now, I was a little bit embarrassed because actually I was the grade five Sunday school teacher and her daughter was in my class. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is not cool. It became an embarrassing moment. But who here knows that it's okay to have fun? It's okay to have fun. It's okay to have fun in church. Church should be a place where we have fun. I think sometimes we are much too serious and we take ourselves way too seriously. Well, when we look at the Jewish people or the Israelites you begin to, when you study the Bible, you begin to understand that celebrations were a big part of the Jewish calendar. In fact, on average, 
on average, just their bigger festivals, they had a celebration of about once a month. Once a month, there would be something that they would do. And in their celebrations, it would be a stopping and a pausing of what they normally did. Now, you have to remember that back in this time that the majority of the people, that probably 99% of the people were farmers or, or herders. They, they dealt with farming and animals. And, and the thing for anybody that's grown up around farming is when it's go time, it's go time. You, you work long hours. You press through it. And it's those that are, that are really disciplined that'll say, you know what, we gotta maybe stop and do things. Well, I, I don't know about you, but when it comes to my own life, who here realizes it's easy to just get busy? It's easy to say, you know what, uh, I, I just got to keep going. I got to keep pressing in. And sometimes you can avoid doing things that maybe you probably realize you should do. Like take some time for your kids or take some time for special people in your life. That It's so easy to say, you know what, later on, later on, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Who here's done that where a day goes by, then weeks, then months? Don't raise your hand because I've been here, but maybe sometimes years. And you just get busy. And I believe the reason that God wanted the Israelites to celebrate is the same thing he wants for you and I to have things that we celebrate so that we stop and we show the people around us how valuable they are, how important they are that we spend time with our friends and our family, and that we enjoy relationship. But secondly, I believe it was important for them to celebrate because it was a reminder of the good things that God had done in their life. It was a reminder for them to remember what he had done because it's so easy sometimes to forget what God does. That's why we celebrate holidays like Easter. Because we tend to, throughout the year, forget that Jesus died this horrific, horrible death on a cross so that you and I can be free. And we get complaining about the fact that our food is a little cold at a restaurant, or we get tied up by somebody cutting us off in traffic, and Jesus is saying, I want you to remember there's some bigger things in life. I paid a price for you. And not only did he die on a cross, but he rose again. And, and we need to remind ourselves of the great things that God has done. It's one of the reasons that we celebrate I believe this. We have so much, those of us that live in Canada, maybe you've come from another country. Who here is thankful today that you live in Canada? You're thankful for this nation, the freedoms, the, the liberties that we have. We have great, great things in this country. I'm so thankful even for the fact that I'm free, that I, I, the air I breathe is free, that I have a home to go to, go home to go, to go to every night. I have a family that loves me. Oh, there's so many things to celebrate. Here's my question. What if we, in our lives, made the decision that we were gonna celebrate more? That we were gonna celebrate more things, not only the big accomplishment, but how about small victories, that we were gonna celebrate things that we accomplished, little things, like maybe you had a plan to lose some weight. I lost one pound. It's awesome. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. That we'd celebrate baby steps as well as big leaps. I just, uh, you know, when kids are learning to walk, we're, we're, we're crazy as parents. We're like, ah, you can do it. You can do it. They take one step and poof, they fall over and we're like, you did it. What if we celebrated 
things like that a little bit more. I believe this. I believe we would feel better, feel better about ourselves, feel better about people. We would accomplish more, and we would have less stress in our life. Who here wants less stress in your life? I believe you can get rid of stress. Just celebrate. Celebrate. This series we've been in is called Free. We celebrate because we are free. There are things that we are free to do. First of all, I want you to write this down here today. One of the reasons we can celebrate is that we're free to praise God. Oh, today's been about praise. We're going to do some more praising God here later on. I'm telling you, get your praise on. It's going to happen here. Get prepared for it. Why do we praise God? Well, we praise God. It, it praises where we celebrate God. It's, we celebrate his bigness. Who here is thankful that God is bigger than your problems? Amen? He's bigger than your problems. We celebrate his goodness. Who here is thankful that God is good towards you, that he forgives you? Who's thankful for that? We praise him for that. Come on. There you go. You're getting it. And we celebrate his greatness. That he's great and awesome. And uh, I, I just, I, I love thinking about it. Well, we have to understand this, that as we praise him, as we celebrate him, as we're free to, to give him, uh, we participate with him in the area of praise, it says this in Psalms 22.3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. As we celebrate him, God literally shows up and he worships with us. And then he begins to move around us and minister his life to us. I think that's a reason that we should, every time we come together, not hesitate to praise God. There's a story in the Bible that, where it shows that God did this. He occupied and he was part of the, the collective praises of his people. It's in 2 Chronicles, in verse 5. It's when King Solomon has dedicated a temple that he has built for God. And here's what it says happened. It says, then the priests left the holy place. All the priests were, who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jedithan, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. And listen to this. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. 120 trumpets. Think of that. Pretty loud. And the trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by the trumpet, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who here today would say God is good? That God is good in your life. That his faithful love endures forever. And here's what happened. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Oh, I just want you to know that when we praise him, God comes in and is with us. And that's why in our church, we believe in active praise. That's why we, we believe that praise is audible, that it's something that's noisy, and it's perfectly natural for us to praise God. We can praise all sorts of teams. We praise hockey teams. We praise actors and actresses. We, we sometimes will get excited about meeting a famous person, a national leader. But I say the greatest person that we can give praise to is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is here with us today. Say amen. 
That is why we raise our hands. That is why we, we, we believe in dancing before God. That is why we sing about his wonders and we declare his goodness because we are free to do so and we can celebrate God. You know, so many places on earth, people have to hide because they don't enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. They can't do what we do publicly. They have to do it secretly. Sometimes I wonder if we would praise him more if we had to, it was taken away from us. If we were told we, we, we couldn't do this, or maybe that if we were caught doing it, we would go to jail, or even worse yet, we could have to give up our lives. Would that stop you from praising him? See, I celebrate today because we don't have to go through those things. Secondly, we celebrate because we're free to be something. We're free to be what God called us to be, to live a life by design and not by default. I believe that so many times if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap that, that, that is out there in the world where we just go through life just taking whatever comes our way and we just say, you know what, my life is what my life is. There's nothing I can do about it. But I believe that God has a design for your life, that you're not to live by default, but you're to live by design, that we are called to honor him. What the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he had planned for us to do long ago. But it's not by our own strength, but it's by his grace. I love thinking about grace. Grace is such a big word. I sometimes, I tried to define it a while ago, and you begin to look at grace, and my, my best definition is this, that grace is God's strength given to us, a God giving us his strength so that we can do what he called us to do. So grace is more than just overcoming sin. A lot of times people say, well, I need more of God's grace. I'm struggling with things. Yes, you need his grace. What is it? It's his strength that enables you to overcome, his, overcome sin. But his grace is also big enough to say, it's God allowing you to go share your faith with somebody. It's when you don't have the words to say, it's his grace that enables you to do it. Not your own strength, but his grace. So I'm thankful that God's grace is here for us, that it allows us to be something, to do something for him. But I'm also thankful that we get to celebrate that we are free from shame and guilt. Now I remember this before I really understood what Jesus was all about. I remember when I first came to church, I, I shared this earlier that when I was about 11 years old, my mom became a follower of Jesus. I was not happy about her decision. In my opinion, her decision negatively impacted my life because now I had to go to church and I didn't want to go to church because in my mind, this is what church and Christianity was. It was just a bunch of burdensome rules. It felt heavy and boring. I thought that Christians were boring, that if you were going to follow Jesus, you had to live a boring life. I used to think that if I was really follow Jesus, I was going to have to marry an unattractive woman. I thought 
that if you really were going to serve Jesus, that you would have to, you know, you'd have to do what is your biggest fear? God would be like, that's what I've called you to do. I know that you don't want to uh, live in a place that's really cold, so I'm going to send you there. Or I know that you don't like eating, you know, uh, uh, bugs, so I'm going to send you on the mission field to be a bug eater. (laughs) And that bugged me. Sorry, can't help it. But you see, then I discovered something. That's not who Jesus was. I discovered that Jesus was not about creating burdens, but he was about removing them, about taking away the junk that accumulates in our lives from wrong choices or sin. We call it sin. When we, we do things that violate God, if we, we lie or we, we carry things, God says, I sent Jesus so that you wouldn't have to carry these burdens, that you could be free. And I believe this today, that Jesus is worth celebrating because he sets people free. And here's what the Bible says. Maybe you're here today. I want to I say this. Maybe you came to church today or somebody brought you, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You want to talk about celebration? Listen to what happens in heaven. This is what it says in Luke chapter 15, verse 7. In the same way, There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and who haven't strayed away. You see, there is a party that goes on in heaven when somebody says, I want Jesus to be the center of my life. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Oh boy, is there ever a party that goes on. I believe this, that maybe some of you, somebody's here today, or there's many people and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I believe God brought you here today. And we can actually start a party right here in this place. We can ask Jesus to forgive us and lead us. We can have a new beginning. We can have a new beginning. Well, what do you need to do? You just have to ask him. You just have to ask him to forgive you. And secondly, here's the other part. Sometimes people don't like to talk about this. But then you have to give your life to him. Let him be the one who's in control of your life. It's called your Savior and your Lord is what the Christian terms that we use sometimes. And if you want to do that right now, I want to invite you to pray with me. We're going to pray this together. If you would like to start a relationship with Jesus, pray this with me. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. Help me to become like you. I thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. Amen. You know, if you prayed a prayer or anything like that, the Bible says that you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus, that you are now part of the family of God, that you are now a son or daughter of the most high, that you are part of this family. And I think today, if you, if we, I believe there might be some people, I believe there were some people that prayed that prayer a minute in their heart. And let's thank God. Let's celebrate that people are making that choice. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you prayed that prayer, I would like you to let somebody know. At the very least, tell your friend, tell your neighbor, you know what? I prayed that prayer today. I just want to let you know. And secondly, I would ask you to do this. In the seat back in front of you is a connection card. 
if you'd be willing to fill that out and give it to one of our ushers or one of our pastors, we're going to have somebody get in contact with you to help you as you begin to learn how to live like a follower of Jesus. We all need help doing that. Well, I want to say this today, that maybe some people are here, and I know I'm pretty excited today. I think it's kind of evident But maybe you've come here today and you don't feel like celebrating. Maybe your year has not been a good year. You face difficulties in your finances. It's a tough economy out there, i got to admit it. Maybe you face some broken relationships. Or maybe you've lost a loved one. You're just feeling some discouragement. Maybe you're frustrated with your progress or the lack of progress in your life. You can't believe where you're sitting today. You thought that you would be much farther along and you're kind of kicking yourself like, what's wrong with you? And you're just a little bit discouraged about that and you don't feel like celebrating. Maybe you've even had some things stolen from you, promises, things that you feel like you should have had and it seems like it's kind of slipped away from you. I I, I gotta be honest that, that this last year, there are some things for me that have been really quite difficult, frustrating, if I'm really honest about it. But I'm thankful today to say that as I seek God, I'm reminded that God is bigger, that he is greater, and that God takes me back to say, you know what, remember this, remember what I've done here, and and how about being thankful for your family and thankful for this? And as I begin to think about that, my problems begin to get smaller as I make God bigger. And I want to say this prophetic, go ahead, you can cheer today because I think there's some people here today that even in your own life you're relating to what I'm talking about. That today I want to say this to you as a new day. We can have hope if we choose to. We can put our trust and our hope in him. And there's a, there's a thing in the Bible and, and, and this is the picture that God gave me prophetically because we're coming near the end of our service, I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward at this time while I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wrapping this up here. But the picture that God gave me is that one of the re- things that we can celebrate is that we can put all of those things underneath our feet. That those things are not to have authority over our lives. I, bl- I believe for some of you, somebody that's in here, you're just in incredible debt. You're just struggling with things. And God is saying today, put it under your feet. Give it to me. I want to help you. Yeah, maybe you're going to have to make some different choices in your life, but God is here to help you. But let's put it under our feet. That maybe you're feeling defeated about some things in your life. God is saying, put it under your feet. That we can put those things under our feet. That we need to dance on our problems because we have the freedom to do so. Because God's given us the authority to put those things under our feet. Amen?